When Luke Richardson was hired as the head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks, a lot of Montreal Canadiens fans were wondering who would be the Montreal Canadiens' next assistant coach? Who would be in charge of the defense? Well, earlier today, at 8 a.m. this morning, it was made official. It's former National Hockey League player, former Montreal Canadian, Stefan Rubida, who is the new assistant coach for the Montreal Canadiens, and he actually met with members of the media about three hours later. Stu Cowan of the Montreal Gazette and HockeyInsideOut.com was on the conference call. Is Robida a great fit or not for this staff? Why him? Those are things we're going to tackle coming up on the Sick Podcast. I'm Marinero. Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. The Sick Podcast. With Tony Marinero. The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadiens win the Stanley Cup. Sports entertainment like no other. Brought to you by 8.6 Beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. Marinero, the sick podcast brought to you by 8.6 Beer. Intense by nature. The beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup. It's time you go back to Lacash because the menu will surprise you. Joining me today to talk about the Montreal Canadiens hiring Stefan Rabida as assistant coach in charge of the defense. Stu Cowan, what's going on? Hey, Tony. How are you? Very, very good. Enjoying your summer or you're working for it? Uh, I'm going on vacation at the start of August, and I guess maybe Kent Hughes wants to do that also, which is why he's trying to get all this stuff wrapped up uh, before then. Oh, really? All right. I enjoy, I hope you enjoy your vacation. I've been enjoying mine. I've been on vacation ever since May 27 when I said, ciao, see you later. But that's another story for another day. We'll get there at one point. Uh, all right. Okay. So we were wondering who it was going to be after Luke Richardson uh, moved on to be the head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks in terms of the assistant coach for the Canadians. These are big shoes to fill, Stu, because Luke Rick, uh, Richardson had quite the reputation and once again, as far as coaching is concerned, the Canadians hire inexperience. Are you surprised? Uh, if Marty St. Louis' hiring was a surprise, this one's head shaking a bit. Uh, you got a, four guys behind the bench now, Canadians bench with not a lot of experience. Marty St. Louis was at 37 games. Trevor Litowski, one year. Alex Burroughs, just over a year. I was pretty sure they were going to hire somebody with experience running an NHL bench, you know, Marty St. Louis relied on Luke Richardson quite a bit when he took over last season, talking about how fast things move behind the bench. So I was pretty certain they were going to hire somebody with, if not NHL head coaching experience, somebody who had been behind a bench a lot. But having said that, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon, since taking over, have shown they're willing to think outside the box. They thought outside the box and they hired Marty St. Louis instead of hiring another retread coach. They got a spark from him. And now they're hoping to get the same thing from Stefan Robida. He does have player development experience with the Toronto Maple Leafs for the last four years. And I think that he said that in the video conference with us that that and his own experience as a player were probably the two biggest selling points he had and why he got the job with the Canadians. Stu, um, I'm not surprised at all. And if anything, I think it makes sense. Why? 
it's pretty clear or it should be by now to everyone. If it hasn't been up until now, this is a rebuilding team. Guess what, Stu? It's a rebuilding staff. It's a team that's based on youth, skill, and potential. It's a staff that is based on youth, skill, inexperience, but potential. I'm not surprised. Uh, I, I am. I mean, there's going to be – we knew there was going to be growing pains on the ice this coming season. We knew there was going to be some growing pains behind the bench also with the loss of Luke Richardson, but I think those growing pains behind the bench are going to be even more so. But, again, it just it highlights just how much – and Robita spoke about this, how much the focus with the Canadians is now on player development more than anything else. Yeah. More than wins or losses more than anything. Their, their focus now is on player development. The one thing, you know, Marty St. Louis comes into the locker room his first day of coach of the Canadians, a hall of famer. A lot of these young guys grew up watching him play Cole Caulfield war number 26 because of St. Louis. Stefan Robita isn't going to have that instant credibility when he walks in. He did play 15 years in the NHL with a journeyman defenseman. Uh, so it's going to be, you know, the, the young defenseman, the older defense in the team might be going, the older guys might know him because they might have played against him, but the younger guys might be going like, who's Stefan Robida? Um, so he's going to have to make a, a you know, Marty Sandley was able to make a really good first impression. The players talked about that motivational speech he made the first time he came into the room, but he already, before he even walked in the room, he had a lot going for him. Yeah, uh, Stefan Robida is going to have to prove himself a lot more, uh, I think, to the players and to the fan base that he's the guy that they, they made the right decision when they hired him. But Stu, there's a lot of people today that are probably saying or asking themselves, why wasn't Robida named as an assistant in Laval if player development is going to be his thing? He formerly held the player development role with the Toronto Maple Leafs, which he said his contract was coming to an end and he wanted to be closer to home, so he was going to accept another job anyway. And my answer to those people is, is that, if you would have hired an experienced coach with the Canadians, let's just say you would have brought in someone who would have had a profile like Dave King had back in the day when he insulated and was part of Alain Vigneault's staff. Well, an experienced coach is going to help you pick up some wins and some points here and there in the standings. And I know they're not going to say this openly, but they don't want that. I'm not going to tell you they don't want to win, but I'm going to tell you, they don't really want to win for the next year. Coaching is so important in winning or losing. You know, I was asked, you know, do you think J.F. Houle might have a chance to get in the job? And I didn't think he did because he didn't have the NHL coaching experience. But from his resume, he'd be more qualified to step behind the Canadians bench right now than Robida from a coaching perspective and what he went through and what he did last year in Laval. And I'm wondering what the conversation was like with Kent Hughes and Houle explaining why they've hired Robida for this position. Um, but again, I mean, Robida's... The thing all these coaches have in common, the four coaches with the Canadians, two of them were never drafted, Burroughs and uh, St. Louis, and the other two were seventh-round picks. So they know it's not an easy road to get to the NHL, and they can probably relate to just about anything these guys are going to go through in their development process, whether they're called up, whether they're sent down, whether they're playing well, whether they're playing struggling. All these coaches have been through this. And so much of coaching today is more about and, and, you know, Roby does spoke with this also is relationships and talking with players and listening to them and, and uh, as much as X's and O's or systems or anything else. And that's obviously Kent Hughes and, and uh, uh, Jeff Gordon, they wanted, mo they said when they took over, they wanted a modern coach. And yeah. he was that. And uh, they obviously think that Stefan Robida is a modern coach also with the same sort of philosophies that Marty St. Louis has. Yeah. Uh, 
you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at the Sick Podcast, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's absolutely free. All right, okay. Uh, he talked about being happy to be back. Stefan Robida did earlier this morning. Let's hear from him. D'avoir la chance de revenir ici, comme si on peut dire à la maison, de, de travailler pour le Canadien, ben, c'est tout qu'un honneur pour moi. Là, je, suis, euh, je suis vraiment content. Puis je remercie vraiment l'organisation. Je remercie Martin, Kent, Jeff, M. Molson euh, pour leur support. Fait que c est, c est, pour moi, c'est euh, quelque chose que j'aurais pas pu imaginer ou même rêver, mais euh, faut que je me pince un peu encore aujourd'hui. Je suis vraiment content, vraiment excité, puis j'ai vraiment hâte de, que, que ça commence. Happy to be back with the Montreal Canadiens, too. You talked about it. He was a seventh-round pick, 164th overall. Back in the 1995 NHL draft, uh, he played a couple of years with uh, the Fredericton Canadians in the American Hockey League, uh, one year with the Quebec Citadels in the AHL. He played 122 regular season games with the Canadians, a couple of games in the playoffs. From there, he moved on to the Dallas Stars, the Chicago Blackhawks, back to Dallas and um, a stint in Helsinki and then Dallas and Anaheim and finished his National Hockey League career with the Toronto Maple Leafs and then worked with the Leafs thereafter in player development. You know, you take a look at what's happening here. There's, you know, there's some pressure for the Canadians to draft God de Chenu, and uh, that only happened with one pick in this last draft. It was the last pick that they had. Um Clearly, this hiring will appease a lot of people because you hire someone from your own backyard, um, you know, who grew up a Montreal Canadiens fan from Sherbrooke, Quebec, who grew up a Canadiens fan. And so this is a popular hiring, you would think, with the fan base and with a certain sector of the media. Well, yeah, with a certain sector of the fan base, too, it'll be a popular thing. I'm happy with Stefan Robida. I mean, there's a kid from Sherbrooke. Uh, you know, he, he left the Leafs player development. Uh, program because he wanted to get into coaching. Uh, Felix Potvin had left as head coach of the midget uh, Magog team. Uh, it's a team that uh, Robida played for. It's a team his son played for. It was close to home, and he figured this would be a good place for him to start a coaching career. I'm sure he never expected that a year later, he won the championship with his team, the Magog team in his first year, but I'm sure he never thought a year later he'd be behind the Canadiens bench. Same as I'm sure Marty St. Louis never expected it would happen to him uh, the way it did. But for Robida, you know, I asked him when he first joined the Canadians who was like a coach who maybe really helped him. And he spoke about Claude Ruel. And, you know, Chris Nyland has sp spoken before about how Claude Ruel helped him also. Big time. Ruel, Ruel took a chance on him, saw something in him. The Canadians drafted him in the seventh round and he worked on him from then. He talked about how Eric Weinrich, who was his first partner with the Canadians, was really helpful for him, letting him make mistakes, never getting upset with him, being, always being in his corner was the way he put it. And that's what this Canadians defense group is going to be like. You have three, you're going to have, looks like you're going to have three veterans and three young guys. And I imagine they'll mix and match a bit, but I figure there'll be one veteran with one young guy most of the time. And it'll be a similar role, I guess, what Eric Weinrich played when Stefan Robida came in. So he understands how all that works. There's a Montreal connection there also. There's a passion for the Canadians. I asked them, though, I asked Robida, like, a, when I heard the hiring, well, he must be good friends with Marty St. Louis. They must know each other. He must be good friends with Ken Hughes. And he said he's not. He said he knows Marty a bit. He played against him in the AHL and the NHL. Their sons played against each other in that big brick novice tournament in Edmonton a few years ago. Said they've spoken a few times, but he said, no, the hockey me. He said it was a few years ago, and then he said it was more like 10 years yeah, ago. Exactly. And then he said, you know, they're both French Canadians, and the hockey world's small, so they know each other that way. As for Kent Hughes, he said that uh, Robert said his son uh, had an interview with the Cortex management company, which was Hughes was an agent with before uh, he became GM. And that's the only time he had really met him, was when uh, him and his son met with him. 
Um, so it's it's not like I'm going to hire my best buddy type of thing. You know, Gorton and Hughes are close, and Hughes and St. Louis are close. But this is there was something about Marty St. Louis made the first call to Robida, and then after that he spoke with Hughes and he spoke with Gorton. But it's I guess, I guess it's they look they look at hockey in a similar way, I guess. And, and you're right. Uh, it's a younger more younger thinking way of the game. And I, I applaud Kent Hughes for not just hiring another retread coach when he hired Marty St. Louis. Like, you know, the same names get you know put in the yeah. blender and they get spit out. And he went out, thought outside the box. So as much as I'm, as I said, shaking my head a little bit over this one and wondering how it's going to work out, the moves that Hughes and Gorton have done to this point have made me reach a point, okay, let's see how this works out. Now, I'm not going to say this is a, a crazy move or it's not going to work. When they hired St. Louis, some people probably thought, boy, this is going to work. And look at the response they had. Of course, it was a short period. We're going to see now over a full season. Yeah. But it's, 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 these guys have a plan in place. Yeah. Development is number one on their list, which has been probably the, that and drafting were the two biggest problems the Canadians have had and why they became the worst team in the NHL. And now the, the, they're focusing on player development. And this hiring as a coach, they've hired Robida more as a player development guy than as an assistant coach. Right, but Stu, for me, it's simple. And I, and I alluded to it before they've decided the double headed monster of Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes have decided they are going to rebuild. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to prioritize development over winning. Yep. And you know, they, they talk about the, they're not going to tell you that they're not going to say we prioritize development over winning, but they're going to talk to you about the importance of development and that's what it is. They, they, they've chosen to rebuild, plain and simple. They have sort of said that, though. I mean, they, if you listen to what they've said, one thing about Hughes and Gordon, and especially Hughes because he deals with the media more, he's very honest. I mean, you can't tell us everything, obviously. And you would love the guy. Love the guy. But he's smart and he's honest. And he's made it pretty – like they're looking – they're rebuilding this team. And he has said they have a plan. Yep. That they want to be a competitive team for many years in a row – but it's not starting next year, whether it's a two, three-year plan. I mean, you look at what happened with the Rangers uh, when Gordon took over there. It was like a three-year. So you're looking at a three, four-year window here, I think, with the Canadians when they should be a competitive team again. And leading up to that point, they're going to be fun to watch. They were fun to watch last season when Marty St. Louis took over. They're going to have more young guys in the line. We're going to have Slavkovsky probably playing with the team next year, at least to start the season. Uh, we're going to have the young guys on defense and Jordan Harris and Barron and, and guys coming up and Goulet might make the team. So they're going to be fun to watch. And I think if there's one thing Jeff Molson learned last season is that Canadians fans are willing to have a rebuilding team as long as it's an entertaining style of hockey that they're playing. This is a team finished last in the NHL last season. And when they left yeah. the ice for their final game, they got a standing ovation. I mean, you think about that. In previous years, people would have been the building would have been empty, or people would have been throwing stuff on the ice. But Canadians fans saw hope last season, hope that in the future this team could be good and could be good for an extended period, and could have some fun, exciting players to watch. And you think of the possibility moving forward about Suzuki between Slavkovsky and Caulfield. That's something to be excited about. Yeah, you know, uh, it's unreal the way things could have been different, eh? Because. Jeff Molson was supposed to bring Mark Bergevin back based on what we heard. He had made him a three-year offer Mm -hmm. and Bergevin said, you know what, let's wait until the end of the year because I think Bergevin wanted longer term and Bergevin wanted more money. Okay. And then during that time that they waited, well, Jeff changed his mind. And all of a sudden that offer wasn't there anymore. He was going in a different direction. 
if he was going to bring back Mark Bergevin, nine years into the job, Mark Bergevin was not going to rebuild. Mark Bergevin was going to try and patch and go for another run. And that is something that's not sustainable. We saw that run that they went on. It basically fell apart the year after. If they would have gone on another run, if you don't end up winning the cup in the next year or two, then it falls apart again. This management team comes in and they say, okay, you know what? We're going to rebuild, which is something that I would have loved if the Bergevin group would have done when they were hired. Now, having said that, maybe it was not an option. Maybe when Mark Bergevin and Julian Brisebois and everyone else interviewed for that GM job, maybe rebuilding at that point was something that was not an option. But it's unbelievable the way things change, eh? because, you know, if Bergevin accepts that offer... They're trying to patch the team, make it a little bit better, and go for another run one year or two. It's not sustainable after if they don't win. This management team comes in. They're taking their time, prioritizing a rebuild, prioritizing development and doing the rebuild. And, you know, they got time on their hands now. And they're going to try and make it sustainable. Things change so quickly in sports, Tony. That's one of the beauties of it. If you think back to the playoffs last year, round one against the Leafs, the Leafs outshoot the Canadians was it 13-2 to two in overtime in game six. Carey Price stands on his head and they win that game. If Carey Price lets in one of those shots, a lot of things might have changed. Bergeron might have not, not have been back to start the next season. Uh, you know, Dominic Ducharme might not have been back. Yeah. You know, that, that was a team that shouldn't have even been in the playoffs. They only got in because of COVID. So it wasn't like they were a great team that went to the Stanley Cup final. They were a team, a very average, mediocre team that got into the playoffs. Their $10.5 million goalie stood on his head, carried them through. Uh, they relied on those big four on defense that carried them through, but it was sort of was smoke and mirrors, right? The way they, they got there. Uh, so things could have changed a lot quickly, even in that first round series, if they lose to Toronto, uh, they win. And then, you know, Ducharme gets a three-year contract extension. Uh, Bergeron just talked about an extension, but um, it's been a breath of fresh air with this new group coming in uh, from a media standpoint, the way that they deal with the media and with Chantal McAbee taking over at media relations for the Canadians. And it's been a breath of fresh air just to, to see there's a plan. Like, they have a plan. Bergevin was sort of making it up as he went along almost. You know, there was no – never really seemed to be a concrete plan. Now there's a concrete plan in place. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't work. But the plan makes sense. They're going to get young. And he, as Hughes has spoken about before, they want that player age group 22 to 24. They're getting so many of those guys in that age group. Get them all together. Let them bond together on and off the ice. Let them grow together. And then bring them along. And they obviously think that Stefan Robida is a good guy to deal with that age group and those guys. He hasn't been retired that long. Uh, he spoke about that today. He understands the changes in the game, the way the game is played now. And yeah. how you moving defensemen, you guys escape with the puck. And those are the defensemen the Canadians have now. And the thing with Richardson that I think Robida might be similar. I don't know him well enough to know that. But the thing that players really appreciated about Richardson is how he never got angry on the bench. He never yelled at guys when they made a mistake. I know we've seen on Twitter the last couple of days, the video popping up of Michel Therrien chewing out P.K. Subban in the locker room after making a mistake. It wasn't Richardson style. So uh, that stuff doesn't work anymore in 2020. It doesn't work. It's all about communication. I talk about Luke Lucas. I mean, Ben Schrott said during the playoffs last year when he had taken over for Ducharme, Ducharme had COVID, we'd all skate through a wall on this team for uh, Richardson, especially the defenseman. And then I saw a tweet today, Max Domi, saying, as soon as I found out Luke Richardson was head coach in Chicago, I told my agent I want to go to Chicago. And that speaks to Luke Richardson. In the modern-day NHL, as you said, with the stuff Terry pulled with 
you know, PK and others and threatening them and going on rants and uh, that video back in Pittsburgh, we're the worst team. We want to be the worst team. That stuff doesn't work today, man. It's these younger guys. you got to uh, communicate. It's all, yeah, it's all positive reinforcement in the tap the on the back. Is two, the respect is a two-way street now. The coach has to – players need to respect the coach, but the coach has to respect the players also. And and with Robida, they obviously believe that's the case, that he's the guy – I mean, I don't know Robida at all, really. You know, I just know – don't watch him as a player, but – Watch him in the video conference today. As he said, he's, he's calm and he's he's dealt with young players in Toronto. He's used to dealing with them. Uh, I think there's going to be some growing pains behind the bench as far as mixing and matching his defense pairings and stuff like that. But yeah. they're going to learn. There's going to be it's, – it's, as you said, they're going to be growing on the ice and behind the bench this season. Yeah. You know, Stu, when Scotty Bowman made more money than Guy Lafleur uh, and, uh, and, you know uh, – that was one way that you can coach or Mike Keenan would make more money than one of the, you know, the best players on the flyers or whatever. But when the coach makes 1.7 million or $2 million a year now, and 80% of the team makes more money than that. You just, you can't, you can't coach with a, or rule with an iron fist anymore. You just, it doesn't work. No, you got it. The thing that players and players have said this for years, this is a new thing. They want a coach who's going to be honest and be fair with them. And you know, as much as John Tortorella takes heat for his coaching style, there's a lot of players, including Josh Anderson, who really like him as a coach because you always knew where you stood with him. He didn't play mind games. He was if you're playing well, he told you had no problems. And if you weren't doing what you wanted to do, you did have problems. That fiery personality is a little you know, different than uh, yeah. what we see Marty St. Louis. But players just want a coach to be honest and fair with them. And uh, that's what Marty St. Louis was, I think, when he took over last year. Uh, and it was one of his biggest strengths is he got the players to buy into what he wanted them to do. He made practices fun. The players liked going to practice. Um, it was, you know, I think it was Josh Anderson who said near the end of Dominic Ducharme's reign as coach that it's no fun coming to the rink anymore. We're not having fun coming to practice. We're not having fun coming to games. That's a big problem in pro sports. It's a business, but the players still need to be having fun when they're coming to the rink. And, and it's still a game. And uh, if you're not having fun, it's like any job. If you're not having fun doing it, you're, you're not going to perform the way to, to, your, to your full potential. Who's the next coach to be relieved of his duties in any sport? That's something I'm sure you can bet on. And Betway, for the love of the game, sign up and deposit. On Betway, for a 100% deposit bonus, the easiest sports book for Canadians because e-transfers are accepted pretty much immediately just like that. All right, Stefan Robida, back to him earlier today on his Zoom call on what his role will be. Ben, moi, dans le fond, mon, mon principal rôle, ça, ça va être vraiment au niveau du développement des, des, des jeunes défenseurs du Canadien. Je sais qu'il tu sais, y a quand même des bons vétérans qui sont là en place. Euh, la, la vision, c'est vraiment d'aider ces jeunes, d'aider ces jeunes-là. Euh, la vision de Martin euh, par rapport à comment la game se joue, la, la, tu sais, la game elle a évolué beaucoup dans les dernières années. Euh, c'est euh, tu sais, Moi, je je, je fais un peu là-dedans, là, tu sais, dans la possession de la ronde, de bien jouer avec euh, comment ils voient ça, tu sais, les entraînements, les, les small area games, tout, toutes ces choses-là, c'est quelque chose que euh, moi, je crois beaucoup aussi. Euh, fait que ça, pour moi, de ce côté-là, je pense que c'est un match euh, parfait, si on peut dire. All right, so Robida says pretty much it's a match made in heaven because they see the way the game has evolved. They see it the same way he and Marty St. Louis do with small area games, puck possession drills, a puck possession team, all that stuff. He said something very important, though, I thought, Stu, which was 
my primary role will be to help develop the young defenseman. And then he added, I know there's some veteran defensemen on that team too, and they're good defensemen, but my role will be primarily with the young defensemen. It's almost like, uh, I'm not so sure what I can bring the older defensemen right now, or, you know, they'll be fine. But my role is really the young defensemen, the ghoulies, the Harrises, the barons of this world to try and bring them along slowly but surely. Yeah, I, and I would think Robita is going to have a meeting with the three veteran defense and their Matheson and uh, uh, Savard and Weidman. And yeah. just they're going to be like his assistants. You know, he's an assistant coach, and I think they're right. going to be his assistant assistant coaches and how they're going to deal with these young guys. And, you know, David Savard has experienced that in Columbus when he was there playing with the young defenseman. He's, he's David Savard is like a, a father figure type of guy, uh, a guy who can you can put a young like a Jordan Harris with him and let Jordan Harris do his thing. And, you know, Savard is going to stay back and, and play a defensive role. But I think it's going to be a, a group a committee thing dealing with these young players. I think that's one of the reasons they signed Chris Weidman to a two year contract. Yeah. You know, look at what he did giving up his number 20 for Slavkovsky and only asking in return an autographed sweater for his son. You know, just making a kid feel welcome on the team right away. It's spoken at the development camp, Slavkovsky. They were asking about number 60 as well. I don't really like that number. Uh, you know, he's asked for number 20, which you wore at the Olympics. Well, I like number 20, but Weidman has that. But there's other numbers I like. So it wasn't like he was saying, yeah. I want 20, even though he would like to have number 20. And to Weidman's credit, he obviously heard that, found out about it, called the equipment manager and said, give the kid number 20. I'm going to take uh, Shea Weber's number six. So just stuff like that, little things like that go a long way yeah. in a locker room. And Chris Weidman, as far as dealing with the young guys, and David Savard also, and Mike Matheson. I mean, Ken Hughes described them as a five-star human being. You know, you go back, he was captain of the midget Lac-St. Louis Lions when he was a kid, so the leadership abilities he's had have been since a very young age. Um, so it's going to be – they're and that might factor into also why they figured they could afford to bring in Stefan Robida as assistant coach without having coaching experience because you have these veteran guys that are going to be able to, to help them out along the way. Stu, it's very important what they're doing. You know, they acquire Matheson. They hire Robida. They're really bringing in people that want to be in Montreal, that want to be a Montreal Canadian. And for those who didn't, for whatever reason, right, they wished them all the best. They were first class with them from beginning to the end, the way they were with Jeff Petrie and all that stuff. But they're really, if Montreal took a hit in some way, shape, or form, for whatever reason over the past couple of years, you talked about some relationships that went sour with some players that had pretty much a high profile they are rehabilitating things. They're basically repairing a lot of things here. Yep. The way Mark Bergeron treated Andre Markov at the end, the way he treated Alexander Radulov at the end, the way he treated Captain Max Pacioretty at the end was, it was disgraceful. Like that gets around the league. Players talk, players are friends. Like, and you look at the difference now, the breath of fresh air since Kent Hughes came in and Jeff Petrie put him in a real awkward situation he handled it with class from beginning to end. We're going to try and trade you. If we can't trade you, you have a three years left in your contract. By the way, you too, if play. I can, I don't think the business decisions on those three players was a disgraceful way of managing. Well, it was. What I think was unfortunate was that he talked about them in the media and certain things were said, and it led you to believe that there was uh, that there was some tension there, right? But I mean. Taking a business decision on Andre Markov walk, 
because yeah, you, you you know he wants two years you give him a year i i didn't have a problem with that but then markup wants to come back on just the player tryout contract and they won't even give him that to come back and i understand that. that i understand but that Patrick, it became a he said he said patrady saying he didn't ask for a trade bergeron saying he did my speculations they probably got in an argument one day with Bergevin ripping Pacioretty for the way he played or something and he probably said something like well if you hate me that much then trade me I don't think you know you don't sell your house in Brossard or buy a house in Westmount when you want to get out of Montreal. Bergevin uh, and Terrian didn't want Pacioretty to be the captain of the team no, but, and Pacioretty did not want to give up this season so yeah but they just so just be honest just say you, all yeah, you yeah. have to do is just say we wish Max Patrick, we thank Max Patrick for everything he's done in Montreal. We wish him all the best moving forward, but we're going to go in a different direction and we're going to try and make a trade somewhere where he'd like to go. And almost just like Hughes handled Petrie, we're going to try and trade him, but we're not going to make a trade unless it works for both teams. And they got one out and the, the trade that looks like it could work out well for both teams. Pittsburgh yeah. gets an older defenseman. They're, they're looking to win the cup right now. They think Petrie can help them. Canes get Matheson, six years younger, a guy who wants to be in Montreal. His wife's going to be happy to be in Montreal. She's from oh, yeah. Buffalo originally. She's going to be right near Matheson's parents. Or the grandparents are close by. It's a it's a real nice fit for them. Yeah. So it's just you can be – as a GM in the NHL, you have to be ruthless at times. But there's a way to make ruthless decisions while still treating people properly. That's probably the yeah. best way to explain it. Speaking of being honest, I just got back from vacation and uh, it wasn't all inclusive. So I indulged and uh, I think it's time I get back on the treadmill. So matrixhomefitness.ca, you can bring the club quality workout home, discover a club quality workout in the comfort of your own home. Visit matrixhomefitness.ca. So there you have it. Dibbing. All right. What is Stefan Robida all about? Well, let's, he, let's hear from him. Uh, I have passion for the game. I want to get better. I want to help. And for me, it's about building relationship uh, with players because uh, it's it's not only about the players, it's about the human being. Uh, communication, uh, making them feel comfortable because I, I, as a player, to be honest, like I, I didn't feel comfortable until I was like 31 years old in the NHL. And my best years were during that time. That, and that's when I... I felt like I belong and I felt comfortable. So the, the mental aspect of the game and then how players feel about himself in a group, in the environment, uh, it's very important. And I think that's something that I, I can help and I can relate to players, uh, how they feel sometimes at times. So um, that's kind of how I view myself. And uh, like I said earlier in French, uh, I think you have to treat everybody the same way but they don't have all the same strength and they're all kind of different and not not every player react the same way to different uh teaching so for me my job will be to really uh to evaluate first and after that just trying to build that relationship with the, those guys and earn earn their respect and uh just work with them to help them uh, grow their game I think the first impression from Robida today was was very good, eh? Like he said a lot of the right things, and he wasn't really comfortable in the National Hockey League until he was 31 years of age. Isn't that something, eh, to think yeah. about that? That's what really stood out to me, that comment. Yeah. Think of, think of the mental anguish, I guess, that he must have gone through as a young defenseman, that he didn't feel comfortable until he was 31 years old. Played all those years, so it's like seven years or whatever of his career where – 
wasn't comfortable and, and wondering if his spot and wondering like how that must weigh on you. So that's something he can relay to the younger defenseman. I think back to Jordan Harris last season when Marty St. Louis told him, just go out and play. Don't worry. You're going to make three or four plays every game. You're going to make mis- three or four mistakes every game. You're going to wish you get back. Don't worry about it. Move on. We'll learn from it. We'll move forward. And that, talking about making a young defenseman feel comfortable in the NHL, that's a huge first step compared to go back to Michel Terry. We saw him with a young P.K. Subban in the room just chewing him out over some, and you know Subban asking him a question, and Terry not even answering the question, just screaming at him again about something. So that's that's the modern hockey, the way to, to deal with these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Terrian was told, I'm not defending Terrian, by the way. Well, he was told he had to win now, right? So there was a big pressure environment. Marty St. Louis, you know, they probably told him, hey, you know what? We're taking a look at the top three picks next year. Man, we'd love to have one of those kids on our team, mm-hmm. whether it's Connor Bedard or it's Michkov or it's Fantilli. We'd love to have one of the three. Yeah, well, there was there was a personality thing there also with PK and uh, Terry and Bergevin and, and, you know, getting back to can't use is another thing. You got to you got to separate business and personal and whether it's contract negotiations or, or, or whatever else. And, uh, um, but I just remember Marty St. Louis saying that last year to, to Jordan Harris. Yeah. I said, oh, boy, what a relief that must've been to the kid. And he spoke about it. Harris spoke about it too. Boy, just go out and play. You're going to have three, you're going to make three or four mistakes every game at this stage in your career that you're going to want to have back. And that's when come back to the bench. Luke Richardson's not yelling and screaming at you. The next day he's looking at video with you and working on it. And I yeah. think the Canadians, obviously, they like Luke Richardson. They would have preferred he stayed. They obviously, they're happy to see him get the job in Chicago. But I imagine they see some similarities uh, in Roby Doe's character uh, that they saw in Richardson as far as dealing with these young defensemen. So you're going to be on vacation for about a month. Are you thinking of uh, heading out of town, or are you going to be sticking around on the South Shore enjoying your brand-new pool? <laughs> well, I'm starting it off with a golf trip with 24 buddies, 24 of us. Oh, really? Uh, a few little trips here and there with my wife and that, but I'm looking forward to uh, to a month off because with COVID and whatnot, it seems like the Canadians uh, haven't yeah. stopped for months a year since uh, there's always something happening, whether it was last couple of Saturdays ago with the Jeff Petrie trade. And as I said, when we started off the show, I'm thinking Ken Hughes probably is pretty tired right now and can use a vacation also. Maybe he's going on vacation this weekend too and uh, uh, figure, okay, we're going to get this last sort of hanging thing that needs to be taken care of with who's going to be the assistant coach, get it taken care of today. And then you can sit back and take a little bit of a breather, a 24 person golf trip. It sounds like a team that doesn't make the playoffs or gets knocked off in the first round. They're all going on vacation. <laughs> how long you get, how long is that golf trip going to last? Uh, three, for? Days. three days. So it's, uh, I'm looking forward to it. How golf. many of these are you going to drink? Oh, will, will there be more golf strokes? Or are you, more- are you guys driving to this golf to, uh, uh, getaway or? We're driving there. It's in the Gananoque area, but okay. uh, cars are parked there. We're right at the course, so it's, uh, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. Well, on behalf of the uh, Geloso Beverage Group and the Sick Podcast, uh, we'd be more than happy to set you guys up with a couple of cases of these if you'd like to take them. All right. Okay. All right? Look, I, I've, I'll, I don't know any of my friends who would say no to a cold beer. All right. Uh, yeah, this one here is uh, it's the 8.6 red, which is 7.9%, but there's some of them that are actually even – 10.6 or 10.7 percent so uh, i don't know if that'll help or hurt my golf game <laughs> <laughs> we'll make you laugh about it hey thanks for doing this we'll talk to you soon Stu. okay tony take care have a good all right summer. there you have it marinero the canadians hire stefan rubida as their new assistant coach in charge of the defense once again it's a rebuilding team it's a rebuilding staff i think this is the way to go i give it a thumbs up 
Have a good one. Check us out. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Sick Podcast. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by 8.6, Intense by Nature, and Lakage. If the last time you went to Lakage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lakage. The menu will surprise you. <laughs>